Turn your Bible this morning to the book of Ecclesiastes. We'll be in Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. And while you're turning there, uh, let me remind you to just be faithful in the days ahead, uh, these upcoming uh, special days that we have, starting with our conference and then into the month of November. Uh, let's be mindful of inviting others, and I'm excited to have this meeting with you in the very near future and uh, get things uh, kind of nailed down, get us squared away for the new year. Looking forward to uh, getting somewhat back to normal, uh, although uh, normal for us is not like normal for a lot of people, uh, but I do look forward to uh, the exciting conclusion of our year. Book of Ecclesiastes, I'm going to read two verses of Scripture uh, for our text this morning out of the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, and we'll read the last two verses of the chapter, which are also the last two verses of the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes is a very interesting book. It, it covers a lot of things that I don't think, uh, unless you study them out, uh, you'll lose the meaning that God has for us. But the conclusion here is, is in verse 13 and 14 of Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. when the Bible says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. Now let me stop right there. Uh, Solomon writes, Let us get the conclusion. There's a lot of opinion about life. There's a lot of opinion about what is life. There's a lot of opinion about what this person says or that person says or philosophy says. What is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of life? But let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. This morning, I want to speak on this subject, the summary of life, the summary of life. In this year, for Sunday school, we've been on a series on stewardship, and I trust it has reminded us of the gift that God has given us in giving us life. We have a responsibility to be a good manager of the life that God has given us. All of us here has had a birth date. Shocking, I know. Giving you some deep facts, truths this morning. Truth of the matter is, if that trumpet does not sound in the near future, all of us are going to have a death date. It is important that we know where we're going to spend our eternity, but it is also a good reminder for us to realize the summary of life. What is this life all about? What is the purpose of life? And we're going to focus on that this morning. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you would use your word today in not just my life, but the life of everyone here. May the Spirit of God uh, speak to us today. May you uh, empower me by your Spirit. And Father, I pray once again that there's one unsaved here today, one listening uh, by radio or watching by live stream who does not know Jesus as their personal Savior. I pray they get that settled today for the child of God. Uh, who is wondering uh, if, if there's still meaning in life for the child of God who is yet to uh, surrender themselves to your will. May uh, the message today, may the word of God today, may the spirit of God today use what is said uh, to get us to the place where we can serve you in a greater way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the human author of the book of Ecclesiastes, of course, is Solomon. Solomon has the distinct uh, privilege of having the uh, title, if you will, of being the wisest man that ever lived, uh, the wealthiest man that ever lived. But he also was a man who had 
uh, a lot of failures in his life as well, and he was enticed by the things of this world. Uh, Solomon, uh, David's King David's son, uh, who, who God gave him wisdom unlike he gave every man, uh, Solomon fell prey to his appetites, those appetites that we talked about in Sunday school this morning. Solomon famously uh, had uh, more, more wives than, than, than we even want to think about this morning, and he enjoyed everything this world had to offer. Solomon, if he wanted it, he could buy it. He had a kingdom, but if he wanted another one, he could buy it. He could get anything he wanted, and Solomon tried to get everything that he possibly could. And Solomon, because of this, is a good one for us to consider what he says is the summary of life. Of course, he gives us a summary of life from God's perspective. And he writes about it in the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, he, he speaks of the fact that he is, he, he is going to ponder at the beginning of the book and search for this meaning of life, if you would. And often, and maybe you've heard people say, I'm just trying to find out what the meaning of life is. Well, that's somebody who has not spent any time in the Word of God. Well, I'm just going to go out and try and find myself. Good luck with that. But, but we just study the Word of God. We find the purpose of what God has for us. He begins by calling all of man's works vanity. All of man's works, vanity. Everything that he could accomplish, vanity. Everything that he might enjoy in this life, vanity. What that should speak to you and to me is that there is more than just fulfilling our pleasures. There is more than just accomplishing what we can reason. There is more than just checking boxes on a, on a list of things to do in this life. Because Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, the wealthiest man who ever lived, Solomon, who had privilege unlike anyone else had, when it was all said and done, he said, anything man can do is vanity. Anything man can come up with, it's vanity. It amounts to nothing. Think of that. This is not a pauper making this statement. This is a man who had more wealth than he could ever spend. I don't have time this morning, but it'd be good for you to research uh, what, what went into even the temple that was built uh, for the Lord. There was wealth beyond what he could ever hope to spend. And he said, the summary of man's life is vanity. He speaks of man's days, the days that he lives, what he accomplishes with man's days. You'll find the words birth and death. A passage that is mentioned, a verse that is mentioned that you must study out to get the, the meaning. And it, it, it's, it's, it's an obvious uh, uh, a take on what Solomon has all already said. That the day of man's death is greater than the day of his birth. Because of eternity and eternity is so much more than what man could ever do in vanity. He speaks of time and seasons. And friend, you and I only experience time for the amount of time that God gives us. There are seasons of life. There are, and those seasons change. I, I would use the analogy that just like our seasons change, but our season never changes. It's just summer here in Florida. 
But I hear in other parts of the world, there are leaves that change and there's snow that falls from the sky. And we don't experience that here, but we know that in life, there are seasons of life. He speaks to that. He also, through this book, also reminds us that there are good works, but there are evil works. Man is capable of doing evil things. One of the key verses, I think, for a Christian to be reminded of is when he tells us, Solomon reminds us, there's nothing new under the sun. What man does today, man's always done. What Satan does today, Satan's always done. What God does today, God's always done. There's nothing new. But we can take that in context of what he is saying about man in his days. You and I ain't that special. There's nothing new under the sun. There's no new ideas. There's no new ways. It's, it's been this way since God created man. He also speaks of man's difficulties in life. Sometimes we ask the question, is what I'm going through because of this? Or what I'm going through, is it because of this? But the book of Ecclesiastes some, reminds us that sometimes we experience things just because we're alive. Because life just brings difficulties. Friend, be very, very careful of blaming your difficulties on God when this is just the life It rains on the just and the unjust. He reminds us of all of these things in life. And the book of of Ecclesiastes is another good book to just carve out some time and read it from the first chapter all the way through the the last chapter in, in succession in one sitting because what it will do for us is it brings things into perspective of what life really is. And Solomon, the wisest man, brings him to consider all of these things. And as he considers all of these things that we touched on very briefly, from the fact that anything man produces is vanity, to the way life really is, and there's difficulty in life, when he gets down to it, a man who was wiser than any man, a man who was wealthier and had power beyond what you and I could even imagine... He summarizes life at the end of this book. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. I like what he says as the book begins. He refers to himself as the preacher. And then at the end of the book, he says, let us, meaning this applies to all of us, hear the conclusion of the whole matter. What is life? What is the summary of life? Then he sums it up, and I want to spend the remainder of our time reminding us this morning of what really the summary of life is. And that leads me to the first point I want to make this morning. We find as Solomon concludes the whole matter, and let me remind all of us here, Solomon, in spite of all of his failures, still had more wisdom than you and I. And God used him to pen these words, these eternal words, so that we might learn from them today. And he says the conclusion of the whole matter is, number one, fear God. To fear God. What he is saying, when you summarize everything, 
Now, let me remind you, he did not have the perspective of a pauper, of a man that did not have a name. This is a man who had the perspective of there was nothing he lacked. He wanted it, he got it. Everyone knew the name of Solomon. He says, when I sum it all up, it's all vanity. Here's the conclusion of the matter. The summary of life, first of all, is, we, is to fear God. What does that mean? That means that we have an understanding of where man is when we compare ourselves to God. The reason why man thinks he's something special and beyond what he really is is because he's comparing himself to other men. The reason why man gets filled with pride and puffed up with pride from, 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 from those that we would, we would see in this world today who we would say have status to the Christian that, that won't darken the doors of the church to those that even sit in the church pews. The reason why we think so much of ourselves is because we're comparing ourselves to another man. Solomon says that's not life. The summary of life is we must fear God, meaning we must have God in his proper place, and in doing so, man falls way short. We think we're special until we compare ourselves to God. The conclusion of the whole matter is, first of all, to fear God. What does that mean? That means to have a proper reverence of God. We must have a proper reverence of God. Let me remind all of us this morning that God is holy. His name is not a name to use in vain. His name is not a name to use likely. His name is not, he is not somebody to use like we want to use him just as some convenience. That is not who God is. God is the almighty. He is the all-powerful one. He is a holy God, and we must have a proper, proper reverence for him. I'm afraid man today thinks that they can wish away God. They can pretend like God does not exist. And if we're not careful as Christians, we will let that philosophy and mindset filter into our thinking and we will not have the proper reverence for God. We ought to fear God because we have the proper reverence for Him. Have you thought lately about who God is? If, if you're thinking about who God really is, you'll have the proper reverence for Him. But I'm afraid many times in the life of a Christian, we don't have the proper reverence for Him because we're not thinking about, we're not thinking about Him. And there's a lot of men that I respect, but I should not have a greater reverence from them than I have the Almighty God. And it is a shame in the life of a Christian when we speak more fondly of a man than we even speak of our own God. We wouldn't blame man for some of the things we blame God for. We must have the proper reverence for him. I know that you can tell me about your favorite sports team or your favorite celebrity, but how much can you tell me about God? I know we like to talk about those things, but how much can you talk about God? How do you talk about God? When we approach the Word of God, do we have the reverence for Him? This is the Word of God. That's why we come to the house of God. It's not stuffy. It's not overly formal. But there should be a respect 
for the fact that this is God's house and this is God's word and, and we are here to hear from him when we approach the word. Well, I just don't have time to read the Bible. If you had the proper reverence for God, you'd have time. Well, I don't have time to pray. If you had the proper reverence for God, you'd pray. Do we have, this is Solomon who had everything. Some of you young people say you have a desire to have. He had it all. And he said it was all vanity. Well, if I could just get a few more followers on social media, Solomon says it's vanity. Well, if I could have just a few more zeros behind my, behind my salary, nothing necessarily wrong with that, especially if you're going to tithe. But Solomon says it's vanity. When it all comes down to it, the greatest thing we do is when we approach our God, we realize who He is. We realize what He is all about. In order to do that, we've got to have a reverence for Him. But with that reverence of fearing God comes a devotion. How devoted are you to your God? Oh, we're going we're gonna to get down to it this morning. How much devotion do you have to God? The average Christian, I'm afraid, isn't very devoted to God. The average Christian, many of the Christians today, they'll be more devoted to their NFL team than they will to the house of God today. How devoted are you? Sports is a good analogy, especially down here. We got no problem wearing our colors for our favorite team, but God forbids we dress in a way and act in a way where somebody might confuse me for a Christian. How devoted are you to him? Are you devoted enough to remove yourself from things that do not honor him? How devoted are... See, I'm devoted to God because we think we're devoted to God because we put a hashtag in our social media profile, because we wear a t-shirt, because we wear a bracelet that says WWJD, but yet we don't darken the house of God. We're not faithful to his word. We don't, we don't consider the things of God. How devoted are we really to God? Well, we may be about to find out in the United States of America how devoted we are to our God. I'm afraid many who talk of that have been more, sadly, been more devoted to the things of this world. Otherwise, we would not be in this situation. But if we have the proper... Now, let me remind you the context of what we're saying this morning. This is Solomon. The conclusion of the whole matter. What's the summary of life? We live, we should live to fear God. My life that has been given to me, I should have a reverence for, the, for my creator, a reverence for the God who created me. I should be devoted to him. And if I do that, what is this going to lead to? It's going to lead to and keep his commandments. There's a lot of people who say they fear God, but they ain't doing what God said to do. And if you're not doing what God said to do, do you really fear God? Let me give you a simple analogy. You can apply it if, if you'd like, but I think it, may, it illustrates the point. I don't know if you've noticed when you drive, that there are signs on the side of the road that have a number on them. Above the number is the word speed. I don't ever see what's under it. I just see 
speed. Under the numbers, the word limit. Now, you, you can go down a certain road and 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 you ignore that and you ignore that and you ignore that and you ignore Are you really scared of getting a ticket? But you see a vehicle that looks like it's got a light on the top. But you had no fear before that. How many times do we as a Christian, we say we fear God, but if we're going to fear God, it is going to lead to the keeping of His commandments. We have the proper vision of God. Don't miss this. We have the proper view of God. We have the proper view of His commandments. You cannot believe, you cannot truly believe you have a holy God if you do not believe you have a holy book. There are many today who want to deny this book. What they're doing is they're denying God. Well, I don't believe I have a perfect Bible. What you're saying is you don't have a God big enough, perfect enough to preserve His Word for you. That's not the reality. If you have God in the proper perspective, you are going to have a proper view of His commandments. Let me ask you this morning, and this certainly applies to all of us, how are we keeping His commandments? How you keep His commandments will tell me how devoted you are to your God, will tell me how much reverence you have to your God. Because there's too many Christians that know what this book says and they ignore it. They know what this book says and they say they don't think it applies to them. They know what this book says and they say, I'm not interested in that. What we say when we're saying that is we're after the vanities of this world more than we are after our God. We don't have him in the proper perspective. We don't fear him because we don't fear his commandments. Let me give you an illustration this morning. That book says that for a, a young man, a son, a daughter, they should honor their mother and father. And woe unto the child who makes their mama cry because of the way they live. That book says that a life will be cut short out of disrespect and not honoring mom and dad. But you would think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of Christian young people who don't think God means what he says or God cut that out of the book. Let me tell you, it is in the word of God. And if you really feared God, you'd honor your mom and dad. If you really feared God and were devoted to Him, you would honor the things that you had been taught. As one example, we have to be careful not to get distracted in this world. When we summarize life, God put me here to obey that book. God put you here to obey that book. He didn't put you. I'm not a, it's not an evil thing to make money, but He did not put you here to make money. He puts you here to, to obey that book, and if you obey that book, and God chooses to bless you in that way, then, then that, you give honor and glory to Him, but that's not why you're here. You're here to obey that book. You're not here on this planet just to make yourself happy. You are here to fear God and to keep His commandments. So what should your goal be today? Obey this book. <laughs> 